All right, Apostolic Bible Study Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome. Thank you all for listening. So today we're going to be talking about what is sin. Is sin a big deal? Uh, We're going to be going through the definition of it and uh, what the Bible has to say about it. So thank you for listening. Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time we have to explore your word. I pray that you would bless the reading of your word and help us to draw closer to you through the knowledge of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, what is sin? I think if there's one thing that sums up modern society today, it is a downplaying of the reality of sin. That is one thing that is currently plaguing the evangelical church in America. And you see this by the words that people use. People use words like brokenness or they talk about, you know, quote unquote, past mistakes or character flaws. And while all that may be somewhat accurate, the reality is the Bible doesn't use any of those terms. The word that the Bible uses, words like sin, iniquity, transgression. And so it's important to make sure that we're getting our definitions from the Bible. And so let's look at a couple of the ways that the Bible describes sin. And then we can use that to uh, see what the Bible says about our human condition and our need for the Savior. So, point number one. Sin is defined by the Scriptures as a violation of the law of God. All right, we see this in a couple different places. You can see this in 1 John 3, verse 4, where it says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So if someone were to ask, okay, what is sin? Let's define it. Well, point number one is it's a transgression of the law. It's breaking the law of God. The law of God is something that is close to and comes out of God's nature. So remember in episode one, we were talking about the holiness of God and the perfection of God, the righteousness of God. Well, all of his nature is evidenced in the law that he created and that flows from his very being. And so sin is falling short of his standard, okay? And we can do this by action, by something that we do, or we could do this by inaction. So we could sin either by what we do or what we fail to do. So remember it says in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 17, that therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. So you might think, okay, well, if I'm going to avoid sin, all I have to do is get in a room, be quiet, and just do nothing all day. And therefore, you know, if I do that, if I can accomplish that, I'll stay away from sin. Well, that's actually not true. Because sin can come from both what we do and what we act out and also what we fail to do. Because it says in uh, Acts 17, Paul preaches to uh, the Greeks there that God commands all men everywhere to repent. 
And so to fail to repent is actually a sin. That's one example of where inaction becomes a sin. You could also neglect to do good works. You know, you could neglect the good works that Jesus talks about when he separates the sheep and the goats. Um, Those good works of caring for the poor, of um, caring for the people of God, for visiting the afflicted. That can be just as much of a sin as the active sins that we think about, stealing, murdering. So sin is not one-dimensional. It's got many dimensions to it. But ultimately, it's a violation of the law of God, and as such, sin is falling short of God's glory. So this is something we see in the book of Romans chapter 3. When Paul describes sin there, he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this brings us right back to Genesis, to the glory that man first had with his creator in the garden in that perfect state, a state where he could commune with God in perfection and in righteousness where he could take in more of the glory and more of the holiness of God. And yet sin has caused a separation to come there. And so that's why he says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Also notice in that verse, it says, all have sinned. Sin is 100% universal. The only man... The only human being who never sinned was Jesus Christ. Because he was not only man, he was also God. All men have sinned. It's completely universal. And so, if we say, this is in 1 John, it says, if we say we have no sin then that itself is a sin. Do you remember what John says there? He says that if we say that, we deceive ourselves. We're committing the sin of lying. And we're not lying to somebody else. We're not lying to our neighbor. We're not even just lying to God when we do that. We're lying to ourselves. And it says we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we have to recognize the fact that Every single person who has ever lived apart from Jesus Christ has been a sinner. If you're listening to this right now, you've sinned. You are a sinner. And so am I. And although we as Christians don't categorize ourselves as sinners, because we are now defined by the blood of Jesus and by the Holy Ghost and by our status as saints, Still, sin is a reality that we are always going to have to grapple with because it's so universal. So, just to recap what we've seen already, sin's a violation of the law, and it is a falling short of God's glory. But I want to take this even more fundamentally. So let's, let me read this passage for you in Jeremiah 2, 12 and 13, 
where Jeremiah is talking about the people of God, the nation of Israel, rejecting God and the sin that's present in their lives. And the way he describes it is really, really helpful for us too. He says, Be astonished, O you heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So do you see the two separate evils there? Firstly, before the broken cisterns, before the active sin comes into play, there is an initial evil that is the forsaking of God. So before anything else, sin is a forsaking of God as God. Sin is a lack of faith. And it's a lack of love for God as God. And only when you forsake God as God and only when you do this, then comes the fulfillment of sin through violating the commandments of God. So before Adam and Eve ever ate the fruit, they had already violated the first evil of sin, which was they forsook God as God and they trusted in the serpent more than they trusted in God. If they had trusted in God, they would have known that they should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that would have been enough for them. And yet they believe the lie of Satan. And in doing so, that caused the ultimate result of eating the fruit and plunging all of humanity into sin. Next up, we see that sin... This is the next point. Sin is attractive to our fallen nature. It is something that we're drawn to. It's something that we want. This is 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but, and this is the key phrase, had pleasure in unrighteousness. Remember that verse that we read just a few episodes ago, right after Jesus says in, in John 3, you know, um, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. It says, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Sin is attractive to us. Sin is pleasurable to our flesh. It's not pleasurable forever. Hebrews tells us that pleasure, that sin is pleasurable only for a season. And yet that season is enough for our eyes and our, our feelings and our minds and our hearts to be in love with sin if we're not careful. The human heart by nature is in love with the violation of God's law. It is in love with the violation 
of God's law. And this is bad news. Because sin deserves death. Ezekiel 18.4 says this, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Death is the punishment for sin. And sin deserves death. The sinner deserves death. We deserve death. Romans 5.12 says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So every single one of us, again, this is universal. We all sin. We all have a nature that gravitates towards sin. And even after coming to God in the fullness of salvation, even after the infilling of his spirit and baptism in his name, we still grapple with this sin nature. Which is why Paul said, I die daily. And he put his body under subjection. He said, I put my body under subjection, lest after preaching to others, I myself become a castaway, a shipwreck. James 1, 14 and 15 says this, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So the end result of sin is death. The punishment for sin is death. And even beyond death, sin is deserving of even greater punishment. Namely, eternal damnation. Eternal separation from the blessings and the mercy of God. Eternal judgment poured out forever and ever and ever. And the Bible is very clear about this. Matthew 13, 41 and 42 says this, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Revelation 21.8 says this, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So what is the purpose of going through all this Biblical doctrine about sin. Why am I going through this? Well, here's the reason. For the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to mean anything 
to you or me, we have to know the bad news first. So often today, we skip ahead to the good news of the gospel, but people don't even realize that their sin condemns them for eternity before a holy God. And if that realization is not made, then the gospel means nothing to them. And we see this so often. Churches where they're serving coffee and donuts in the foyer and doing everything to make people as comfortable as possible because maybe doing all this will actually keep people here, keep people in attendance and keep people engaged. And yet there's no mention of the condemnation that will come to every soul that is not under the precious blood of Christ Jesus. Why am I a Christian? Because Jesus died for my sins that I might escape the punishment that my sins deserve. That's why. Because if sin is universal and sin's punishment is so severe, namely death and hell, then only one thing is clear. We all need a Savior. And next episode, we're going to talk about what is salvation and who our Savior is. So we will talk then. God bless. Y'all have a great night.